Good. Well, thank you uh, very much for asking me. It's a pleasure to, to be here. Um, I really wanted to think about this idea of cultural heritage. What, what does this term, term actually mean? And I suppose um, uh, the obvious definition is something inherited. And this is the first point to make about the, the Bodleian's collections, is that the institution has been collecting for over uh, 400 years. Um, and this has resulted in us, we've been uh, planning for a lot of collection moves recently, and we know uh, very accurately that we have 54,000 linear meters of special collections. Uh, a, a vast accumulation of extraordinary material comprising uh, Western and Oriental manuscripts, uh, maps, music, rare books, and uh, the university's own archives, it, the administrative record of the university itself. And uh, our spaces have been in use for over 400 years. So I think the idea of the physical heritage here is as important as, as the collections and the contents, if you like. Well, what makes a, a collection special? Obviously, something that's unique or rare. Uh, something that is not just about uh, intellectual uh, content, uh, sort of textual content, but uh, something that has a material quality, uh, the thingness of uh, uh, a thing. We've heard about material culture and uh, the importance of that already. I'd like to emphasize that in relation to a uh, study of books and manuscripts. Collections that have built, been built over time which have a, a, a coherence as a, as a collection. Many of our most important uh, holdings have been gathered together by other collectors and then have come to us in, in various ways. And I think the notion of Cultural heritage is something that is culturally determined. We, we hear this phrase often that something has been saved for the, for the nation, and uh, our cultural institutions in Oxford, I think, have an important uh, role to play in that respect. Uh, sometimes it's not really about uniqueness or rareness. It's about accessibility to something. And here I'm thinking about digital resources. Um, they may not be uncommon, but they may be very expensive. And I think we, we have to think about um, this whole issue of, of, of what's easy to, to access. And then, perhaps particularly in the case of the Bodleian, which is a legal deposit library with an entitlement to uh, collect uh, material that is, is printed in, in these lands, uh, the collections are always uh, growing. Uh, huge quantities of material come in every year. So in a sense, uh, things are always passing into the category of special. And it's interesting that some of the legal deposit uh, texts that come in uh, as regular stock may very quickly become incredibly important, certain first editions, uh, for example. So here's an obvious case of something that's special. Um, it has various uh, uh, claims to importance and uniqueness. It's King Alfred's translation of Pope Gregory's pastoral care and manuscript uh, dating from around 890, and uh, it has been claimed as uh, possibly the first text written wholly in the English language, and it's <coughs> the only copy of the translation that um, uh, bears this, this famous preface. But there are more unusual things. Thinking of materiality, uh, we have recently uh, been doing work on the Jane Austen manuscript that we, we have acquired, uh, Austen's manuscript of the Watsons. And uh, we've been trying to date it, working with Pro Professor Catherine Sutherland, and we've been looking at paper stock, 
We've been looking at uh, watermarks. We've been looking at all sorts of internal and anecdotal evidence. But um, one of my uh, colleagues in conservation, who's here at the moment, uh, Andrew Honey, noticed that there were various pins in the manuscript that had patched on additions to uh, Austin's uh, text. And he remembered that the Bodleian actually has a very fine collection of dated and datable pins, which this is. <laughs> and uh, this is a, this is, these are all envelopes. There are, there are hundreds of envelopes. And in the process of recataloging various collections, uh, curators have taken out pins from letters, deeds, marriage uh, agreements, so on and so forth, and, and dated them. So we have some there from the early, uh, uh, the late 17th century through to the, through to the 19th. Um, when we presented these in a seminar, it sparked, it sparked a lot of interest. Uh, something else we acquired recently, uh, donated in 2011, what I'm calling anti-heritage, anti or anti-heritage thwarted. Uh, this, is, this is a book that was created by an avant-garde uh, poet called William Gibson, published in 1992. And his whole notion was to subvert heritage and the idea of, of you know, the, the fine art book. And uh, it was published on very friable paper with um, ink that, that wouldn't set. And in fact, it, this is one of the few copies that survives. Uh, it disintegrates if you, if you touch the pages, the, the ink comes off. And at the same time, uh, in this, in this volume was a computer disk, an Apple computer disk, which self-destructed uh, as the poem scrolled through. But, uh, so the whole idea was to, that this should vanish. And of course, um, in, a, in a sort of wonderful Darwinian uh, episode, this was showcased in a big screening, I think, in New York. Uh, the poem started to scroll through. It started to eat itself. But there was somebody in the audience, and they had a cine camera, and they recorded it. And now this poem proliferates on the internet, and it's, um, uh, it, it, will not, it will not die. But of course, <laughs> this posed a very interesting question to our conservators. Do we leave the book like this, allow it to be handled, and stay true to its original purpose? Or do we conserve it and effectively vandalize the work by preserving it? And um, I'm not quite sure what we, I think we, I think we have preserved it, haven't we, Andrew? <laughs> under Melanex. Um, I mentioned the Watsons. Here's uh, a, an example of something where there was, there's an intellectual and research case for acquiring this manuscript that still has, has things to tell us. But there was a very uh, strong encouragement uh, by various, uh, by the public and various public bodies for us to uh, save it for the nation. Um, and we were very glad to be able to undertake that responsibility. Just thinking of the title, the general title of the seminar, Contribution and Benefits, well, in a sense, they're one and the same to me. Uh, what, what do these collections allow? Well, research, teaching, wider enjoyment and understanding of uh, heritage, I think technical innovation is important, and, and that's been mentioned. Collaboration in a digital world, obviously digitization projects, editorial projects that can be shared out. But also importantly, in 
I think a world where uh, digital technology brings a certain um, a, a homogenizing effect. I think the notion of difference is important, that actually the material value of something, the object, the uniqueness, uh, stands out increasingly in uh, a, a world where information can be shared among all sorts of uh, different bodies. Uh, just an example of research and technology here, we have an incredible collection of uh, broadside ballads and we've been working with a visual geometry group in the university to develop image matching technology that uh, allows us to track the recurrence of things through uh, a large uh, corpus of materials. So here we have, this is the same hat as a woodcut block that's been used in different editions and in fact on top of uh, different woodcuts. So this allows us to trace the genealogy of uh, text, it allows us to date things. Um, it's very, very exciting and interesting. Uh, teaching from objects has been mentioned. One thing that we're very keen to do is to hold master classes where we bring a scholar, in this case Dr. Catherine Rudy from St. Andrews, uh, together with, with students so that they can actually look at the objects closely and uh, handle them if, if carefully, carefully supervised. It's something we want to do uh, a lot more of. And uh, the public engagement uh, idea, this is a, um, an impression of a permanent exhibition gallery that we will have in our uh, new Western Library, which is going to open in 2014, really as a special collections, special collections library. Uh, challenges quickly, well, uh, collections are wonderful, their acquisition's wonderful, but we have to think about preservation and processing. If you like, the processing, the non-glamorous part, the, 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 the making accessible through cataloging or digitization of collections. Case in point, we, recent, we were recently given the Oxfam archive, absolutely vast, and um, we were very pleased to receive a, a grant from the Wellcome Trust of £360,000 to catalogue it. Um, so I think, I think the pragmatics of getting these, these things out there and the challenges are, are important to recognise. We need to try and track research trends to see what it is that we should be, how we should be developing our, our collections. We need to think more about how to embed them in teaching. Um, and I think that the final challenge, if you like, for me, is this idea of instant heritage. Uh, in the digital world, websites, blogs, uh, uh, tweets, um, you think about the Arab Spring and how that was captured and covered and disse disseminated, highly ephemeral, very, very quick. Uh, heritage is instant, and how, how, do, how do we capture that? Um, Alan Bennett's papers, uh, donated to us in 2009. We all understand the Ryman boxes and the A4 papers uh, uh, inside them. He very sweetly went out to the Ryman's in Camden and uh, uh, bought these before the papers came to us. We're still trying to figure out whether there's some uh, literary color coding uh, <laughs> going on. But up here you see uh, some digital media, or um, actually I think this is, this is film. Here, uh, Barbara Castle's archive, how do, we, how do we handle this? We do actually have a digital archivist. I have to say that we're probably as, as far ahead of, or as close to the curve on all this as, as any other institution. 
Um, and this, in a sense, is the biggest problem for us. We're collecting contemporary archives, literary archives, political archives. So much of it is done through email. Um, and how do, we, how do we capture this so future generations of scholars can uh, benefit? So that's, that's me, and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>